game's dragging on There's strikes on the batter Some runners are on Then suddenly everyone's looking at me My mind has been wondering what could it be They point to the sky and I look up above And a baseball falls into my glove I play right field It's important you know You gotta know how to catch You gotta know how to throw That's why I play in right field Way out where the dandelions grow As a proud sponsor of Little League Baseball Pizza Hut welcomes all the kids who make it great Making it great the following program is in no way representative of the high-quality programming usually heard on the Maverick Radio Network. The views expressed and fishing techniques demonstrated are not endorsed by this station. The following is not a news broadcast. You handsome son of a bitch. Really? Welcome to the five count. Thank you so much. It's really lovely to be here. Yeah. I'm just overjoyed to be in your presence, my friend. Can you think of a lovelier place to be? No, I cannot. Not even like a lot of distant seconds. Yeah, I mean. Maybe Paris. Yeah, Paris would be a nice one. Maybe the laundromat. Um... Yeah, the laundromat. I mean, almost anywhere with my kids is a nice thought, nice place. Maybe Judson? Yeah. I mean, yeah. But I mean, right here with you is really lovely. Thank you. And thanks for getting me sick, also. I don't know how I would have done that. You always find a way. I did send that card that I coughed in. A lot of times, send it over to your house. But other than that, can't fathom how this might have happened. Yeah. That just slipped your mind. I licked it also. Well, speaking of licking things, welcome to the five count. And by sent, I mean I paid a young man to hand deliver it to your mailbox the same day that I licked it to make Mm. sure the germs were fresh. Well, we're not licked yet, ton. (laughs) Ha ha ha! Because tonight is your night, bro. Lick it up. It's only right now. If you can't lick them, lick them. Whoa. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Yeah. 
awesome. That's uh, Paul Stanley with strep throat. Yeah, it's really good, actually. Drinking vodka and orange juice. <laughs> oh, what a wonderful time of year. Wow. <laughs> You're telling me it's December, Tom. It is. Who knew? It is. It's like Christmas time. It's coming yeah. soon. Did wow. you get me a gift? You know, I've been thinking about it, but that never seems to go anywhere else. Not never materializes. No, that's why I gave you that card. I thought something really personal, like mono. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can't get much more personal than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, thanks. It is the the Christmas time. It's the Advent season. I'll be back in this building tomorrow morning reading some Advent readings there. What does that mean? It's just some stuff that happens. Is that an Allman Brothers thing? Church. No, it's not, but I have been thinking about that. Um, The Advent Brothers? The Advent Brothers. Is this a math thing? No, it's... What are you saying? Let's talk about the Allman Brothers. So this ridiculous thing happened where... I realized that I'm not sure that I've listened to all that much of the studio albums. (laughs) Talk about sacrilege. The weird part is I've listened to so much live, and I've seen them more than once live. More than twice? I think so. More than thrice? No, maybe three times, and that was it. Oh, so you've seen them as many times as they have drummers. Yeah. Yes. Neat. So, let's get to the bottom of this. I mean, I think I'm pretty familiar with a majority of the songs on the first <coughs> album. Oh, geez. Here we go. Majority of the songs on Eat a Peach. <clears throat> um, some of the songs on Brothers and Sisters. And then, like, the album that I got was where it all begins, which is weird to think about. That came out in 94. So I started listening to more of it, and I just... Who listens to mid-90s Allman Brothers? I did when I was, like, a, when I was apparently, like, 14, 15. I was listening to some of that. Weird. I don't even know how I got that album, honestly. All I know is my dad was a huge fan. He Maybe he gave it to me. We also went to a show when I was pretty young then. Anyway, um, I was watching or I was listening to "Reach for the Sky," which came out in 1980, and it was like so bizarre because I knew almost none of the songs, and I was like, "These I don't even," because I've listened to almost every live album they've ever released, and I'm like, I'm not sure I've ever heard them play any of these songs. What? Maybe they suck. They, even though it came out in 80, they all sound very 1970s. And they, they a lot of them have like a, some kind of part in the song that sounds like it definitely could be in Smokey and the Bandit or Cannonball Run or something, you know? Those types of songs. It's just really strange. So how does your favorite band doing your favorite type of music stay off your radar for the last 50 years well see the thing is it didn't stay off the radar it just was in a different way like i only listened to live stuff 
just weird. And then I just now realize, like, I didn't go, I didn't do the thing and go back and listen to all the studio stuff because I loved the live stuff so much. It's just weird. It's weird. It's a weird thing. I'm on a new adventure with the Almond Brothers. Oh, I was just about to ask what what does this mean, and what should I do with this information? Do you need help? I don't know. Do you need guidance? Encouragement? I don't, I don't even know what to say to any of those questions. Do you need me to talk you out of it? No, 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 no. No, no. Just encourage no. me to go deeper. <laughs> I'm starting from the beginning. I'm just going to listen to all the studio albums. That's it. Straight through. You're going to tie yourself to the whipping post? Yes. Yeah. I like that song. Well, glad we got that sorted out, Tony. Yeah, thank you so much. Listen, I've got a lot of things to discuss with you. What kind of things? Well, things that were sent to the five count hotline. Okay. I've heard of that thing. Five zero seven five one nine twenty thirty. That's mm-hmm. the five count hotline. That's it. People sent messages to it, like on your phone. Really? It's like an email. It's like a letter. Well, it's not like a letter. But it's like a you type it. You type it on your phone, and then you can I don't know the it. science behind it, but it got to me. Yeah. Okay. And now the people who sent it want it to get to you. Okay. I like this idea. Listen to this. We're so technologically advanced. Hey, boys. So a while back, Ton had mentioned that he was watching Ted Lasso, and I was excited. Because I love that show. Tun also then went on to talk about how hot Ted's boss is. And I agree 100%. Well, today, as I was watching Apple TV, I came across a Christmas special that Tun has to watch. It's called Hannah Waddingham Home for Christmas. Hannah is the hot boss from Ted Lasso. And in this special, she is smoking hot. <laughs> so, Tun, you're welcome. Feel free to sing along as well. Okay, love you, bye. <laughs> That's from Holly Burge. Nice. Wow, well, thank you so much. I will definitely have to check it out. Um, I do love Ted Lasso. I think that show was totally awesome. And, uh, yeah, Hannah is... A super hot power woman. And uh, let me see. Right here, I see it. I see it right here. Hannah wow. Waddingham. Yeah, Home look for at her Christmas. in that golden dress. Wow. Nobody Yikes. can see that, Ton. This is an audio program. Well, I'll have to check it out. Probably be good. Of course it'll be good, right? Of course. Can't see how not. I mean, it's got... Ted Lasso's wife in it. It's got one of the guys from Ted Lasso in there, right? It's not Ted Lasso's wife. Two of the guys. Multiple of the Ted Lasso guys. They're all in it. I just had to keep scrolling. Who? Cool. In in the in the Christmas under under cast and crew of this Christmas special, it looks like like the whole Ted Lasso show is in it somehow. What about Ted Danzing? Is he in anything? No. 
Spring and the holidays. Ted dancing. Wow. Not not Danzig. No, dancing. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. He's not in this dust. Why would you even think so? Maybe he ought to be. Come on now. Oh, I will. You will come on now. (laughs) Well, thanks for that. When you least expect it. Who is that from, Holly? I'll have to check it out, Holly. Thank you so much. I don't usually check out new holiday specials because I most of the time think that they suck as soon as I check them out. Hot take. Yeah. Scrooge McTunn. I just don't really ever, I just, it's like, what am I supposed to do, you know? We could play a song. I like the old stuff. We could play an old song. Okay. Does that help? Sure. Um, how about something from the Almond Brothers? <laughs> I love this idea. Nobody plays more Almond Brothers than the five count. <laughs> Shopping, Shopping. 
This is Double J, Jeff Sheriff. That's right, The Last Outlaw. And you're listening to The Podcast.
from your channel. I'm gay. I'm gay. I'm gay. 
Hey, this is Pete Spellos, and you're listening to The Five Count. One, two, well, you know the rest. say this oh you'll say it. i don't want to say any of this you'll say all of it i don't want to be offensive say it it's just like weird and i can't handle it welcome back to the five count it's weird and you can't handle it you cannot ton was really going on a tirade about the thanksgiving parade <laughs> and his non-likiness of it yeah i couldn't get into the macy's day parade i couldn't i don't know why he hated every single person involved. Not every person. I mean, there's a lot of innocent bystanders you're throwing in there. I didn't have anything against anyone attending. He hates all the balloons. No, the balloons were fine, I guess. He hates everyone who watched it. 
even said all the marching band members can go to hell. <coughs> no, some of those people seem nice. <clears throat> but I did think it was really dumb when those dudes were walking with one of the marching bands and they were trying to talk to these girls that are in the marching band. And then they were like asking the girls questions, but didn't put the mic to them for for us to hear the answers. It was like, what is wrong with you dudes? Like, have you never interviewed a person? You're on yeah, television. What kind of Mickey Mouse dog and pony show is this? It was really weird. And they were both asking different girls different questions, but at the same time. So they're both like, well, talking over each other. And then, like, the girls are trying to answer, but you can't hear any of them anyway. And then they're just still talking over each other. It was like not even... Like, I could have done a better job. So the hosts stink. I think I was, yeah. And he said the Rockettes can kick rocks. I didn't say that. I don't have anything against the Rockettes. Well, I thought it was lovely. And welcome back to the show. If I would have got deeper into it, I probably would have liked it. I mean, who was the best there? Like, Cher? I would have probably liked to see Cher. Cher was, like, singing a song that... Like, they used auto-tune to auto-tune, a bad Christmas song. Okay. Not sure what was going on. Well, Cher is getting pretty up there in age, so. I don't know. I mean, I like Cher. I'm sure you do. I did hear that Belle Biv DeVoe sang Poison on a Teenage Mutant Ninja Uh, Turtles float. Dude, see, I would have loved that part. I didn't see that, but. I would have loved that part. I still would have watched Cher, and I would have supported her, and I would have watched uh, Belle Biv DeVoe and, and Vogue, but I couldn't even make it to there, because these other people were, like, annoying, and this other music that was not good. I gotta say, the Cher song, I don't think Mariah Carey has anything to worry about, because that Christmas song is not taken over anywhere. Ever. Oh, it was some new Christmas song? Stinks. Why do you hate Cher so much? Maybe I'm jealous. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> All right. Could be a whole number of things. Hey, welcome back to the show. Okay. Ton's here. So what are you going to do about that? What are you going to do about it? I don't know. You'll like it. you probably like it. Or you'll turn it off. <laughs> One or two things is going to happen right now. I can't imagine anyone's just going to sit here and deal with it. Yeah. Is that's that how you spend your Saturdays? Good point. I mean, that's how I spent my Saturdays for a bunch of years. Just sitting there, dealing with it, you know? Oh, I know. <laughs> it was very evident. <laughs> but now here we are. Yeah. We're back and better than ever. Todd, I got some mailbag questions for you. Really? Yeah. Like what kind of stuff? Um, here's one from Brian Reby, who drives electric. He definitely drives electric. YouTube sensation. Yeah, he is. Check him out on YouTube. Listen to this. Doing a big road trip this week, and I'm wondering if I have enough five-count shirts to get me through. Wow. Can you have too much five-count apparel? P.S. Also, the trip is to see Tesla's first Cybertruck deliveries. Oh, Wow. Not sure what I think of it, but looking forward to seeing it in person. What do you guys think of it? Your next vehicle? Love, Brian Electric. That's in Texas, isn't it? 
I don't even know. That's a long drive to drive it electric. It is. I say good for him, though. I'm really, I'm excited for him to do that stuff. I wish I could be doing that stuff. He didn't invite us, but um, are you going to get a truck? A cyber truck? A cyber truck. Um, so that's what he's asking and what we think about the truck. What do you think of it and will you be buying it? Probably. Well, um, it's probably only like $180,000. Yeah. So no sweat. Well, I think your car payment will be $1,700 a month. I think the average price for it, I think is probably 50 to 60 grand. And then the good one is like 75 or something. I think, I think that's what it is. Um, that's a lot of money. So with that being said, first of all, I will say uh, I've never purchased a brand new car. I'm a used car kind of guy. Um, that's not to say like... Like that movie. Yes. Just like used cars. That's my whole <laughs> life. Um, <laughs> that doesn't necessarily mean I buy really old or really like junk I, I just prefer finding stuff you know definitely older like three four five six years old with lower miles good shape that mm-hmm. sort of thing save money Todd anyway. likes his trucks like he likes his women um I older. have <laughs> low miles low miles um I do like the idea of buying a truck and I'm not against the idea of an electric truck necessarily. I think it's really early to be going that direction. Um, And I don't think within the truck world, for me it could make sense because I don't do a lot of truck things. I get by without a truck quite a bit. Um, But if you do a lot of truck things, I I don't think it's a good idea. To go electric. What if the truck had claws that stuck out of the tires like that old... 100% would buy. Yes, what I know exactly what you're talking about. That truck The toy. animal? Yeah, dude. The animal. Yes. If that happened, would buy 100%. All right. Just wanted to clarify. Sign up immediately. So um, what do I think about the truck? I don't really have anything against it. Um. I also am not, in general, uh, the type of person who just looks to, uh, like, cause drama or be dramatic or whatever. Like, I'm, I, I don't... Um, oh, that's not true. I don't want to, like... My first reaction isn't always to put someone or something down because it's a new thing or a whatever. Um, or look for its faults or what, whatever. It's like I'm I'm fairly open minded kind of person. So even when it when I first saw it, I wasn't the I wasn't the guy who went. That looks like my six year old drew it. I was more like interesting. This is hey. these guys are going in a totally different direction, and I and I feel like I kind of enjoy that idea. Uh, meaning um, pushing the envelope. I'm going to say this, and this could probably get criticized hardcore. Um, Billy Floyd shouts, looking in your direction. Pushing the envelope of design. So, meaning, like, just looking outside the box. Like, we're, I don't know. Where is the, 
we're we're now getting there to having cars that look like the future or whatever, so to speak. Um, but we haven't really ever gotten there fully yet. And by getting there, it means like you need to have radically different designs, like radical different stuff. That's a departure from what we see every day now. I mean, right now the landscape is filled with those like small SUVs or whatever whatever you want to call them crossovers or compact SUVs and the profile of like almost all of them is exactly the same and so it's it's very boring to me it's very hard to to get something that's you feel like is unique and different and the Cybertruck is definitely that I don't I don't think it's a very elegant design but it's it's definitely different and unique and I I don't have anything against that. I like the idea of all stainless steel. Um, the whole idea that it's bulletproof and all that stuff is like, meh, you could take it or leave it, but, you know, whatever. Kind of cool. I don't know. I'd be interested to see what uh, the interior is really like. I'm actually really interested to see what the actual truck, the real deal truck that hits the streets is going to look like, like what wheels there are. Is there going to be actual side view side view mirrors or claws coming out of the tires? You know, like what that tonneau cover is going to look like. Um, all that stuff, that whole that whole thing, the whole package of what they really are have been showing. But in all honesty, I really um, fell out of it because it's been so many years since they showed like the concept and you know the release and you're able to do the pre-order and then we're years later where i was just kind of like i I mean for a while i was like so what's up with that cyber truck i'd look every once in a while when (laughs) when are they actually going to be like when is production happening all this stuff and then it was like eventually i just kind of was like well who cares it felt it felt like it wasn't going to happen and elon was hoping it would just disappear but Apparently it is happening. I think he had to get his one of those Giga factories or whatever, like actually built, because something with that chassis or something is built on that whatever Giga machine, the giant press thing that like makes the whole chassis in one shot or something weird. It's like uh, pretty crazy. No idea what you're saying. I did find this though. Listen to this, done. Anything stop the animal. The animal. It's a big, powerful four by four. But when the going gets tough, it bears its claws. Yeah. To climb over <laughs> anything that gets in its the way. claws come the out animal. of the tires. It's awesome. The Can anything stop it? The animal clawing its way to no. the top. The animal. Each sold separately. Batteries not included. Oh. New from Galoob. Galoob, they always deliver. Wow. Holy cow, you can get a new one for 35 bucks at Walmart? An electric truck? <laughs> a new one of the animals. Or you can get a vintage 1984 one from Etsy for 190 bucks. Do you think you can That's get ridiculous. a five-count wrap on it? Like us on the hood? Yes. I want to think about that. There's no way this new animal is as sweet as the old one. There's no way. 
Well, wow. Ton, I got something sweet for you. Do you really? <laughs> you better believe you're sweet Biffy. I'm, I'm so ready for this. I think it's time that we go on a little space adventure. Space adventure? Yeah. Wow. You know, like uh, Missile Command and that sort of thing. Yeah, dude. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, Defense Minister Gordon will make an opening statement, and we will then take questions. If we could have quiet, we will begin. The following information is rated top secret. You have already passed through security clearance alpha and beta, as well as the retina scan. So by now, you must be aware of the sensitive nature of the material you are about to receive. Let me stress to you one more time what you will learn today pertains to top priority planetary security and must not be discussed with anyone outside this briefing. Any breach of this pact will be dealt with swiftly and firmly. 
Is that clear to everyone here today in the Red Room? Yes, yes sir. Of course, sir. Fine. As Zardonian Defense Minister, I have called you men and women together for this most important meeting. As base commanders of the more than 50 anti-ballistic missile sites around the planet, you already know your duties. Each one of you is responsible for the defense and protection of six cities in your area. It has long been Sardonian policy not, I repeat, not to maintain first strike possibility. Our weapons are by design and intention only defensive. But Mr. Defense Minister... Uh, please, one at a time. But Mr. Defense Minister, doesn't that leave us vulnerable to enemy attack? Of course not. This is why I have called you here today. Recent intelligence data gathered by our agents, as well as satellite and long-range wave interception, have revealed a disturbing new find. Can you tell us some of the unclassified details, sir? We have good reason to believe that one of our closest neighbors, the planet Krytol, is preparing an attack on our planet. I know this does not come as a surprise to many of you who have long felt that the Krytolians could not be trusted to keep their word in regards to the non-aggression pact, but we in planetary defense felt and continue to feel that a galactic policy of peaceful coexistence could not be conducted from a foundation of mistrust. We had hoped that all planets involved in the pact would take their responsibilities seriously, and indeed most have. But there is an exception to every rule, and it now appears that Krytol is that exception. But then, the Krytolians have always been an exceptional people. Uh, could you fill us in on some of the details about the enemy, Mr. Minister? Certainly. As you know, Krytol has a much longer history in this galaxy than Zardon. Zardon and her sister planets were made habitable by the Project Exodus, which created the oxygen-rich atmosphere and made life possible on what was once a barren, rocky world. Life was hard for the early settlers on Zardon. Through their hard work, they helped create a green and fertile world for later generations. But sir, any history student knows that. Tell us about the Krytolians themselves. What makes them tick? Krytol is the only originally inhabited planet in this solar system. Life has always been hard on Krytol. Its immense size creates a gravitational pull three times as strong as it is here on Zardon. This burden has weighed heavily on the shape and development of Krytolian civilization. Their physical development shows this clearly. Uh, sir, some of us have never seen a Krytolian. What do they look like? Krytolians are short, hardly ever exceeding four feet in height. A thick-limbed, a thick-skinned people, they have had to struggle since the beginning of time against a hostile environment. With water supplies confined to polar regions, plant life is scarce on their planet. Without ground cover to prevent erosion, the planet developed as a desolate, windswept world. Massive dust storms blackened the sky for decades on end. The conditions on the surface of the planet, plus its heavy gravitational pull, made it impossible to build any structure more than several feet high. So the Krytolians became, by necessity, a subterranean civilization. Subterranean? You mean they never go outdoors? Hardly ever. And then only for brief periods of time. 
Our sociologists think that it was there, deep underground, that the aggressive tendencies of the Krytolian race were born. Overcrowded and faced with constant shortages of food and water, the Krytolian learned to depend on his or her brute strength for survival. They also faced ongoing battles with the other forms of subterranean life, especially the fierce rock worms, which can grow as large as 50 feet long. As a result of these and other hardships, the Krytolian civilization never developed past the point of feudalism. To this day, Krytol is still ruled by a council of warlords, each of whom controls a set amount of land. It is much like the planet Earth in the Middle Ages. Up until now, their anti-social behavior has been a problem only to the few scientists and merchants who have had to deal with them. But something has changed, hasn't it, sir? There are rumors of a Krytolian attack. I, uh, I'm afraid that is true. It now appears that the Krytolians have developed their own arsenal of weapons, fashioned after our own, but with one important difference. While our missiles are designed exclusively for defense, the Krytolian weapons seem geared for attack. Ladies and gentlemen, it is with the heaviest of hearts that I must tell you, it now appears that war is at hand. A Krytolian attack is expected any day. As we speak, our ambassador to Krytol is meeting with Jart the 11th, head of the Krytolian Council, in an attempt to avert what would be a tragic war for both our people. Let us pray, each in his or her own way, that he will be successful. If not, we will have to contemplate the unthinkable horror of war. Hey folks, this is Jack Mulcahy, and you're listening to The Five Count, and be sure to tune in because Rem Lazar will have some updates shortly. Take care. Meanwhile, hundreds of thousands of miles away on the planet Krytol. It's my old friend, the Zondonian Ambassador Riggins. <laughs> and me in a grumpy mood. Best watch his tongue, or he may find out what happened to charts number one through ten. <laughs> and hear him now. Must protest in no uncertain terms. Glabber I am not being a talk and visit, talk and visit. Action is my cup of mind. Oh well, such is the fate of great men to be surrounded with how do I look, Queenie? Grand, my lovely grand. Here, let me straighten your ogles. Stop it! Stop it! There, that's better. Now you look like ruler, not 
jackfruit farmer. All right, all right, all right. Show the old fool in. Ambassador Lord Richards, what a pleasant surprise. Come in, come in. Thank you, Jart. It is nice to see you again. And this must be the new Mrs. Jart. Charmed. I am sorry I couldn't make it to the wedding. You did get my gift, of course. Mm-hmm. Wifey well, loves grooming and producing. Come on, Margaretty. I'd love to, but I haven't time. I am here on urgent business. As head of the Crytolian Council, you and I must talk at once. Talk and visit, talk and visit. Proceed. Your Excellency, as representative of the planet Zardon, I must... But protest in no uncertain terms. Really? You aliens are predictable. Next, you'll be telling me you believe those outlandish rumors about our rockets aimed at your cities. Bluntly put, that was the thrust of my conversation, yes. Our intelligence force has picked up strong signs that you may be preparing an attack on our planet. If this is so, I must urge you to reconsider. It's all so much rubbish! In spite of our gruff appearance, we Kratorians are kind like you. We would never attack our friends and helpers on Zardon. <laughs> never! But as they spoke, something treacherous was underway at the Gritolian Missile Headquarters on the far side of the planet. Battle stations! Battle stations! Prepare to launch the first wave of interplanetary ballistic missiles! Target! All cities and missile bases. We will show those puny Zardonians who has the power in this galaxy. Commanders, winners of steel. 
I hope that you've been practicing Cause this time is for real
Attention crew, as you know, we are on red alert. I repeat, red alert. All personnel should be at their battle stations. We expect the Krytolian attack to begin momentarily. This is not a drill. From the moment the Krytolian missiles enter our radar range, we will have no more than 30 seconds to respond with our anti-ballistic missiles. We will be firing at three, repeat, Three different types of weapons. The Krytolian interplanetary ballistic missiles, plus their cruise missiles, both smart and dumb. I do not have to remind you of the importance of skill and accuracy in firing these weapons. The very life and fate of the planet, and indeed the whole free universe, depends on stopping the enemy attackers. Good luck. Commander Samuel switched off the inner base communicator and pushed his chair back from the command headquarters weapons console. Before him, in the semi-darkness of the command room, the tracking screens glowed an eerie shade of green, and the missile standby lights flickered in sequence. It was a sight Sam, as his staff called him, had seen hundreds of times before in the battle simulation chamber. He had felt the rumbling of the concrete and alloy reinforced floor beneath his feet and the heat of the blast simulators. He had tracked and destroyed thousands of attacking missiles, but now all that seemed a thousand light years away. Those had all been practice sessions, and this time the threat was real. If he felt the floor rumble, it would mean that a missile had penetrated Zardonian airspace and scored a hit on one of the six cities under his command. If he felt heat, it would not be from the gigantic arc lamp heaters hidden in the simulator ceiling, but from the deadly glow of a radioactive blast nearby. Any target that appeared on his tracking screen would not be a computer animation, but an actual Krytolian IBM with enough explosive power to wipe out an entire town in a millisecond. 
Commander Samuels wiped his damp palms across his slacks and looked around the room. They're all here, he thought. The whole crew. On the far side of the command center, studying the readouts of the interfaced radar computers was Jed Morris. Jed had fought alongside Captain Samuels in the battle to free the Manta Ring planetoids from the Gargoyne domination. He was the best in the fleet. If there is a Krytolian missile within five light years of here, Jed will spot it, thought Sam. Beside Jed, at the Missile Coordination and Deployment Board, was Dora Ming. Her fingers flew across the hundreds of buttons and keys at her control with amazing speed. In another age, Dora might have been a beauty queen. Her long black hair and hybrid Asian features gave her an uncanny beauty. But of course, the days when a woman was judged on physical appearance alone had long since passed. Nowadays, they fought alongside the men as equals and in some cases as superiors. Dora played second fiddle to no one. She was the finest missile deployment officer around, and she knew it. And finally, at the status and communications patch bay was Xenon. From his magnetic anchored position in the situation chair, he controlled the thousands of bits of information that came into the command room every minute. Although his life tech skin gave him a surprisingly human appearance, there was never a human born who could perform the amazing number of functions Xenon could. His silicone and gas chip memory could hold and sort millions of pieces of data and process them for accuracy, security, and priority. When his alpha circuits were engaged, he could switch all incoming data to the beta or gamma inputs. It was like having three separate but interrelating brains online. Captain Samuels envied the cool, efficient way Xenon went about his business. No irrelevant memories to get in the way, no personal attachments. And yet, the android always had a pleasant smile and cheerful hello for everyone. He even liked to play crossword puzzles, a compatibility programming detail that made it even easier to forget that he was only 18 months old and had been assembled at the Defense Technology Plant in New Florida. They're a fine crew, thought Captain Samuels. The best. Hi, this is Rick Wakeman, and you're listening to The Five Count. Suddenly, the tense quiet was shattered as Jed spotted a small blue dot sweeping across his radar screen at incredible speed. First one, then another. It was the first wave of Krytolian missiles. Krytolian IBMs approaching through Stargate 19. I see them, Jed. Range 53,000 miles and closing fast. There's no question about it. They're in our target vector, Captain. What about central clearance? Do I have permission to engage the enemy? Then what are we waiting for, guys? Let's go get them. Stand by to deploy the first 10 ABMs, Dora. ABMs ready and holding, Captain. Launch window position. Now. Missiles in firing position, Captain. Auto radar owners locked on target, Sam. The birds are ready to fly. Let's wait for the enemy to move in just a little closer. Let old Jart think he's gonna nail us with the first round. 
a little psychological warfare. Launch tube temperature critical, Captain. We can't hold them much longer. Range 22,000 miles. They're picking up speed. Come to Papa. Come on. Stonewall them, Xenon. Come on, you little devils. I got a surprise for you. Oh, Jart must be dancing a victory jig by now. Range 12,000 miles. For God's sake, Sam, fire those things. Fire. Now! All birds have left the nest. I've got them up on the screen. And so does Jart, I'll bet. That ought to curl his beard. Uh-oh, we got a problem. Bird 2, guidance malfunction. I think it's going to be off target. We'll know in five seconds. Scheduled impact. Now. We got five of the six. One got through. Range 6,000 miles. Oh my God, it's headed straight at New Chicago. How long have we got? 12 seconds to impact. Fire, now! The bird's away. Looking good. Come on, baby, come on! Three seconds to impact. Two, one... We got it! Yeah! Yeah! Screens are clear, Captain. We have repelled the first wave. I'll tell him thanks, but it's a little too early for congratulations. That was just the first wave. The battle's not over yet. And Captain Samuels was right. At the Missile Command Center on the planet Krytol, Jart and his war council were huddled, planning their next attack. A thousand Trimolian curses! All of our missiles were destroyed! A lucky shot, Andy! Next time, their luck run out might eventually we will succeed in destroying our target sites. Battle not over yet. Far from over. <laughs> Jart was right. The battle was far from over. All across the wide surface of the planet Zartan, in dozens of missile launch sites, other base commanders besides Captain Samuels were waiting to take up the fight. They watched their radar screens, their fingers poised on the launch button, always on guard, always ready. As base commanders, they had taken a vow to protect and defend the planet, and they would fight to their last breath to keep that vow, to keep their home safe from tyrants who would bully their way across the universe. They are the brave men, women, and... Oh yes, let's not forget, brave androids of the Missile Command. We made it, Ton. Welcome back. Oh yeah. It's the five count, back from space. It's pretty good. I like outer space, you know? Yeah. What about those Zardon commanders? I... That was intense. <laughs> Very intense. I don't know how to feel about those guys. Well, I know how you'll feel about the next hour, because you'll be spending it here making great radio. Dust. Ever since... Oh, tons on eBay. 
buying remote controlled monster trucks. I haven't purchased any yet, but I'm just saying I can't stop looking into the animal toy car truck thing. What is this one? There's a sweet car one, but it doesn't have the the claws. Why doesn't it have the claws? That sounds like just about everything could stop that. Wow, dude. That thing is sweet looking, though. I mean, a guy needs to get, you know, his son some more cool truck toys is what I'm saying. Dude. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that for my son. He would absolutely love it. Claws come out. Wow. Claws come out. 75 bucks. Over 100 bucks. (laughs) Man. You better start signing up for Patreon so we can afford some cool remote control trucks. Yeah. Because the new one looks terrible. The new one, the claws aren't even the same. The new one just looks dumb. You can't buy the new one. Who buys the new one? Some dillaweeds. Do you remember these ones with the super wide wheels? No. Power machines. Do you remember what you were up to 10 years ago? No idea. (laughs) I do. How do you know? Well... I'll tell you, Tom, because this is the part of the program where we go back 10 years in five-count history. Gotcha. (laughs) Wow, thank you so much. Yeah, November 30th, 2013. That was 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Crazy, huh? It is really weird. Um, It was a pretty good show because we had an exclusive interview special guest Josh Pice. You know him as Raphael from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> you remember? Yeah, I do remember. He was the only guy who did the voice and also was in the suit. Yeah, man. Awesome. So we played the entire soundtrack to the Ninja Turtles movie. We're talking MC Hammer. We're talking Spunkadelic. Partners in Crime. Technotronic, all that stuff. Awesome. Spin that wheel. (laughs) Says here, during the rest of the show, we discussed what happens to the Incredible Hulk's clothes when he changes back to Bruce Banner. That's a really good question. I don't know if we ever solved that. Because they're probably like all ripped up and stuff. Does he just wander home? In shambles? Yes. Well, if you watch the new Marvel movies, there's been a few times where he, like, shrinks back down to normal Bruce and he's got nothing on anymore. So and just, like, his his banners hanging out? And Yeah, and then luckily there's some of, you know, his pals are there to throw a robe on him or whatever. Hmm. I've always wondered how on earth the clothes stretch big enough to still, like, be out. Incredible Hulk with ripped jean shorts on. Like, how does that happen? How how is he? How is the Hulk not nude? Well, cowabunga! That's what I have to say. Cowabunga! It was ten years ago, Tony. I mean, I guess he just can't be nude because of you know children and stuff. <laughs> you mean because children can't see him nude? Yeah. Oh. 
It could be traumatizing. Imagine that. Well, I am now. Imagine what it would be like then when the Hulk jumps onto a building or whatever. And well, all those kids are around. Yeah. With untethered Hulk dog. <laughs> yeah. It's traumatizing. It is very traumatizing. Ton, speaking of Hulk dong, welcome back to the five count present day. I'm excited. Thank you so much. Hey, it's no problem. Um, Ton got me sick. So, have you started like watching any Christmassy type films or? Not yet. Are you asking me out? No. Oh. Not even close, pal. Never mind, then. I'm asking you in. Right into my arms is what I'm saying, buddy. Gross. (laughs) I just thought we could take this cold to the next level. (laughs) Tis the season. Don't be shy now, Dust. We were going to watch Elf Christmas for the five count at the movies. Yeah, you know, the more I think about it, it's like, why on earth would we ever choose to do that? But I remember we made an agreement, right? We needed to have that be the final decision on whether or not Elf is any good. Because you love Elf. That's how this whole thing started. I don't really love Elf. I don't really know anything about Elf. I don't remember watching Elf. Ha! Elf. He was an alien life form. I remember he has a much different voice than I would have expected for some weird reason. He's always cracking wise. Classic stuff. And he's basically like a Muppet, right? Yeah. And he's not funny at all. He's not funny. I don't think so. But I did have an elf sleeping bag. Did you? And some elf pajamas. Didn't particularly care for Elf, but it did have a lot of his apparel for some reason. It was the 80s. See, that's the weird thing is I can't even remember watching the show, but for some reason, like, it seemed like Elf stuff was everywhere. I can very vividly, like, remember the, like, what he looks like and sort of hear his voice, but I don't think I ever watched a full episode. Elf. No problem. That was my elf. Okay. Sick elf. Ah! (laughs) (coughs) He laughs like that? Something like that. I'm not an elf expert. I'm just... You kind of seem like you are. I'd like to be. You have the pajamas and everything. I'd like to get back into it, I guess, is what I'm saying. Into your PJs? Yeah. Okay. A little chilly. It's a normal thing for people to want to slip into their PJs when they're in my presence. Slip inside my elf PJs. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, yeah, Dust. You know, I uh, watched Frosty with my kids the other night. You did? Yeah. The Killer Santa? Or no, the, the killer snowman where no, he the first grabs that woman in the bathtub, no, remember? No, no, no. You don't remember that? I don't know. I've never seen it. I watched the first original cartoon with my children, you know? 
And my son was like completely, he was loving it. He's two, and recently, I don't know where he got it from, but he would randomly out of nowhere just be like, happy birthday, happy birthday. And he had no, he'd never seen Frosty before. So then when I played it, and then Frosty wakes up and says, happy birthday, he was like losing his mind. Thought it was so hilarious and awesome. Remember when Frosty was in Microwave Massacre? No. That was awesome. There was the voice of Frosty. The voice of Frosty. The guy was in that movie. Yeah. Microwave Massacre was awesome, right? I think so. Good movie. Maybe we should watch that. Probably worth it. Maybe next month. Start the year off right. Todd, I got a question from Billy Floyd Shouts. All right. The jolliest man I know. Now that CM Punk has returned to wrestling, will Ton be renewing his subscription to Peacock? Love, Billy Floyd. Ton? Short seem, answer. Seem perplexed. No, I'm definitely not. Weren't you a big fan of... Uh, <laughs> coughing in the mic i mean yeah cm punk um i don't know i did i think i was a fan for a while i don't know if i'd say big fan but i think i liked cm punk um are you a big fan of hurting billy's feelings no i'm starting to wonder in fact i want to do the opposite but i just can't i don't i mean it's definitely not enough to make me subscribe at all not at all i don't i'm not oh. even sure what like he has to offer anymore he's got a tattoo of the pepsi logo that's something yeah that is something i don't know time i'm just trying to be friends with billy floyd shouts and i yeah. don't know why you can't bridge that gap <clears throat> i don't know why either uh but I mean, what's he bringing to the table now? Is he going to be wrestling? Or is he just out there on the mic again? I'm not sure. And is he doing the same thing? Did he come in and just sit down somewhere? And He probably did. Talked? I don't know anything about it. But I am very excited. And I will be getting out my peacock. I think... Yeah, I mean, maybe I'd watch. I'd watch some clips or something, but... I don't think I'm going to be subscribing. Well, maybe this message will change your mind. It's from John in New Ulm. Oh, yeah. My idea for Ton's two electric scooters, keep them a little apart, weld together, rig so can be driven one-handed with real or imaginary whip. Pretend you're whipping horse as you ride chariot style. Think about that. <laughs> also, at the movies, is usually bad movies? Question mark. Have you ever thought of any recent movies, like recent Turtles movie, etc.? P.S. The first Tuesday in December, you should get car cards. Always oh, sending you some car cards. Love, John. Hey, oh. Oh. 
Well, thanks, John. Um, that's a really interesting idea with the scooters there. The visual in my head is amazing for that setup. It really is. Um, how achievable it is is a different story. Plus, I mean, technically, it's supposed to be for my kids, so... We'll see. If I can rig that up with an option to still separate them and allow my kids to ride them around like scooters, I'm in. As far as movies for the uh, at the movies, I mean, define bad, John. Really, what are we talking about? I think we typically watch movies that are so bad they've come back around to being good again. They're so bad they're like really good. Have we ever watched a bad movie? I don't think so. I don't I mean, think we've ever done a bad show. It's not even possible. Like, just in general. Yeah. So I doubt we've watched any bad movies. Yeah, so what, I mean, what what's the deal with this new movie thing? I mean, how are we even going to do that? We are going to watch Elf's Christmas special. Yeah. That might be not very good. Or Tom might fall in love. Either is possible. What are we even talking about? I don't know. I don't know if we could watch a new Turtles movie. What do you think? I've seen it. You've seen the new Turtles movie? Yep. I watched it without you. Yeah, that figures. I do that sometimes. You mean all the time? I mean all the times. Yeah. When I'm not falling asleep on the couch waiting for Ton to text me. Yeah. To let me know I'm allowed to move on with my life. <laughs> I don't know if we could watch new movies on on at the movies. What do you th- what do you think about watching new movies? Mm. No, because all new movies are north of two and a half hours long, and I already doze off during the ninety minute ones. Couldn't handle it. Can't yeah. sit here till two in the morning watching movies. Yeah, that's tough. We can only do. Short things like Elf Christmas. Elf Christmas. Or Hard News, starring Ton. <laughs> Just kidding. I wouldn't watch that. I'd that, fall asleep within that, five minutes. <laughs> that could be a good one to watch, though. Interesting. All right. Ton, I don't know if you knew this. But I have some songs that you'll love. All right. Kids love songs. I'm excited for it. What do you think the songs are that kids love the most? Allman Brothers? No. Mid-90s Allman Brothers? Definitely not. Because when you were a kid, that's what you loved. You don't think that's still happening? I mean, probably not. Probably way fewer kids. I mean, I don't know. They would have to be introduced to the Almond Brothers from someone else. And then somehow like it. So will you be doing that to your own children? I mean, I don't... Let's listen to some mid-90s Almond Brothers. Okay. Is that what you're going to say to them? No, I mean, I just put stuff on and let it be on in the car, you know? Okay. Did you think I was going to play some right now? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> uh, no. Um, 
Yeah, so I mean, for example, I give uh, my daughter and uh, a neighbor girl across the street a ride to school uh, most mornings of the week. And if Almond Brothers is on the is on you know on in my car, I'm not turning it off because they're in there. But I'm also not like announcing it. Okay, girls, we're listening to the Almond Brothers now. It just is on. You know what I mean? Maybe that's part of the problem. If they ask about it, then I talk about it. Or if there's something that's really good, you know, or something comes to mind, I might talk about it. But like rat. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's hear some stuff. Maybe some hot new joints. Then we'll come back. Well, it's a walk for the money. For the show. Let's get ready. Let's go. Get going. Step on my piece. Oh, yes. Well, it's a walk for the money, for the show. To get ready, let's go, let's go, and don't step on my face when you Well, it's a funny show. Go, don't you slip on blue space shoes? Where's you anything for my blue space shoes? Money show.
ton cœur Tu comprends Le solaire This is Mover Scott from the Imagination Movers, and you're listening to The Five Count. This is the city. It's a city of crime. My name is Friday. I carry a badge. 3.15 a.m. Thursday, January 15th. It was chilly that morning in the city of Angels. On this particular occasion, we happened to witness a pagan ritual in progress. See that stream at we're just in time. We have stumbled into a major crime. They got the girl off right. Now that's not nice. I think she is the subject of a sacrifice. Buddy, we're putting this party on ice. But don't you know we really ought to read them their rights? Read them their rights. Read them their rights. Well, I'm here tonight to rap about your rights. Cause right now you're in trouble. Don't have to say nothing at all. Y'all got two calls and you
is our job to bust you all for being violent. While we are here, let's state it clear. You have the right to remain silent. Well, excuse me, comma, Mr. Crime Song, what is wrong with what you're doing? We just like to dance in our goat skin pants around this ancient ruin. Now, that's so funny that it costs big money if you ever have to hire a lawyer. It's my duty to inform you and my pleasure to warn you. We'll provide one for you. We go down to the station. You're gonna answer some questions. And have some refreshments. What is your full name? What were you doing on January 15th of this year? All we want is the truth, mister. What were you doing in the location in question? What is the purpose of your pagan organization? Whoa, you can't say nothing on me, Tom. Others do. 
This is Kim Fields, and you're listening to The Five Count. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life. The facts of life. Hey, why do you insist on trying to give me away? we can die together it's all that hugging we've been doing in peace or misery or it's little each hey welcome back to the five count it's been lovely yeah really we've been listening to some sweet music we've been going to outer space lovely like flowers and rainbows and stuff some cool people talk to us holly billy floyd shouts john from new Alm. It's been great. Brian Reby drove a truck. He's going to gonna drive a truck. Well, he's driving it back from Texas after he buys it. Oh, man. I hope he does. I hope he buys it and then brings it over so I can take a look at it or have a ride in it. <laughs> John, you can't leave the house. I'd love to check one out. Straight to buying it, though, is a little much. You know what you should check out? The5count.com. Just do it. It's pretty sweet. You know what? We've had some exclusive interviews as of late. Remember when we talked to WWE Hall of Famer Jeff Jarrett? Oh, yeah. Because he's with AEW. And then they got in touch with me and said, man, you guys did such a bang-up job talking to Double J. We want you to talk to Julia Hart, the TBS champion. And I said, okay. 
Whoa. So I did. Wow. You remember when we went to see that wrestling match in Mankato and the cheerleader was out there? Yes. That's her. Really? Now she's like a big star. Really? And you can find that interview on our website. You can't go to the show because it already happened. Way to go. Julia Hart. So there's two pro wrestling interviews and this show and like 900 other shows. You could find them all there. Wow. Yeah, think about that. That's amazing. If that's not enough, you could also join us on Patreon. Wouldn't that be a fun thing to do for the holidays? <laughs> yes, it would. Like, you love us so much, and you've been hanging out in the shadows, listening for free forever. And this could be the year that you send ton a dollar and get access to all the really neat stuff that we have on Patreon. Full access. You could watch us watching Elf's Christmas. That'll be coming up later this month. A bonus episode is coming up this month, too, Ton. Really? That'll make number 10. 10 bonus? Patreon bonus episodes of the show. Wow. Where Ton just swears up a storm. 10 bonus episodes. Exactly. Unbelievable. Ton has fallen down some sort of rabbit hole on his phone. So he will be checking out for the remainder of the program. No, no. I just had to look up this person that you uh, interviewed. I didn't recall what she looked like. looks very... I don't even know what to say. She's a champion. TBS champion. Sure. She's really, like, goth, Halloween-ish, maybe? Maybe. Cool hat. I gotta be honest. I don't watch it. She's got a cool hat, I guess. That's cool. Well... Speaking of cool hats, Ton, I'm afraid the show is over. It has nothing to do with your hat. Nothing to do with my hat at all. Wow. I will be dead by the end of this song. Well, it's been nice knowing you. I mean, that's much (laughs) as true. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Ton, go to our YouTube channel, would you? Go there. There's so much neat stuff happening. There's so much. The Five Gun Co-op. It's yeah. right on there. That's a whole nother separate video show we do where we play old video games and nobody watches. Do you have a shout out for the, the latest release? Um, We just released a game called Iron Tank Normandy Invasion some something stupid that Ton picked. <laughs> that game is really... Wow. It was really something. I don't know why he chose it, but... You loved it. I did. And you sucked at it. And you'll love it. You'll love it. And then just wait until what, next week? Is it next week? Next week, will it be a fan pick? Ice hockey? Ice hockey. I'll I'll let that go because it's already available on Patreon. You could watch it a week early. You could watch it a week early and let me tell you something. Who was it that... Was it Holly that asked for ice hockey? It was Kelly. Kelly. Kelly asked for ice hockey, and she did not disappoint, dude. Ice hockey was awesome. I would play ice hockey right now. Well, we got to do the show. Well, we got to finish. We're almost done with the show. Yeah, but then we got to listen to the True Punks do electro. Can we play hockey and listen to I really would just like to concentrate Uh, on the electro. Let's open your eyes. Open your eyes. I really like to soak it all in. Soak it. 
Ton, why don't you soak it? I'm going to be soaking it. Good, because I'm leaving. <laughs> Until next time. Show's over. See ya. <coughs> that was the end of the story. If you'd like to hear it again, just turn the tape over.